Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Before we get into this episode of Small Doses, I want to remind everybody in Boston that Smart Bunny in Black is returning from the Panini. The panoramic, the pandemic has held us down, but we are back with our first live show and we're coming to Beamtown with it this weekend, October 16th at the Wilbur Theater. Get your tickets. They are still available. Yes, this is a vaccine and mask mandated event. We're trying to keep folks safe, but hopefully y'all can come through and enjoy the return back with us. It'll have all of the good times. The Smart Funny and Black, we're going to be singing. We're going to be laughing. We're going to be learning. You know what it is. Smart Funny and Black Live returns this weekend, October 16th, to Boston's Wilbur Theater. And while we're talking about Smart Funny and Black, if you want more, that's exclusives, that's bonus, and the option to listen and watch Small Doses, you can now do so by becoming a member of our Patreon. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash smartfunnyandblack and see how you can join our squad and get all the goodness of Smart Funny and Black and more. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Smart Funny and Black. See you there. Small doses. Self-help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Nancy Seals. It's so funky. <laughs> I just I just went back to doing uh, full full rooms. I, I did an hour in uh, at the uh, the Sardome in um, in Hoover, Alabama, um, which is apparently like a big club. Like it, it was voted America's number one comedy club. Like all the like Seventy Entertainer was there, and like all these big names. So I did the 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 Stardome in Hoover, and then I did a couple of uh, I did some uh, a couple of comedy festivals. I did a uh, Moon Tower. It, yeah, I did I did Moon Tower, and I did uh, Pygmalion, which is one up in. Um, Urbana, Urbana, Illinois. Uh, you're not the only one. I did, I did, I did, I did Sun Tower, and I did Swine, uh, whatever the thing you said. <laughs> Moon Tower, Moon Tower was my first time. So when I okay, so I did an hour at at the Improv in Irvine and in Brea, and I was like, it was. I was actually on. I was like on one. My first one back was Brea. I was like, I am. I was great. Monet came. It was so fun. Yeah. But I got to Moon Tower, and you have a night where you're like, it's been a minute. I don't know. I don't- I forget the order of my joke. You start telling the joke. You tell a joke yeah. in the middle of another joke. You have to go back and revisit the that last motherfucker. Like yeah. I've been fucking my shit up. But bitch, when I got to fucking Urbana, Illinois, I swear to if that would have been, I wish I would recorded that one for my fucking audio. Like it was so. I was like, this is one of those nights. I'm like, this is the the magic happened on that night. Whenever I like challenge myself, then I do well. Like if I sometimes I think I get like. Not lazy, but I just get complacent. Like, I'm going to go out here and tell these jokes. But, like, when you're on tour, it's like you have to remind yourself, like, nah, like, you should be leveling up every show, ma'am. Yeah, every show. And I remember specifically being in Cleveland. And I was like, the first show was just like mad mediocre. And my server, like, one, the server who was like, help like there's always a server like assigned to you um in your you know when you're doing stand-up and so she came back and she was like you need to tell your audience to tip no 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 mary and i was like 
what makes you think they won't? This is at halftime. Like this is not like this is no, this is night, before yeah. I even go on. Oh, so this is before I even went on. Hasn't even happened yeah, yet. Yeah, I haven't it hasn't even happened. So she's she, this. Yeah, this mm. Mm-mm-mm. He's oh, pointing to podcast. his hands. It's, it's a podcast. I'm pointing to the yeah, back of my hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you is need to so tell your audience crazy. to say, I was like, uh, get me a new server immediately <laughs> and she will not be working the rest of my weekend. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Wow. But then it made me be like, now I got to really like go in. And my homeboy, <laughs> Reg, Reg Thomas, shout out to Reg Thomas. He opens for me and he's always like, yo, don't. Don't don't be asleep. Like don't be asleep. And I'm like, you right, you right, you right. And so I like, made, I, like when I came out the next night, I was like, I'm about to show motherfucking Cleveland and this bitch. Who, mind you, she's not even there. But this bitch who was in here being disrespectful. And I really was proud of myself because I really brought it. And I, it was the same thing, Bob, where you're just like, I'm glad I got this shit on tape because yeah. motherfuckers is gonna know. So I if you're the waitress, so if you're the waitress from the Chuckle Hut in Cleveland, you a bitch. Oh my God! You your mama a bitch too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, oh that's God. become my new response to a lot of trolling. Your mama. <laughs> your mama. Well, my favorite thing to say is like, honestly, if you don't believe in this, 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 then your mama a bitch. They're like, what? I'm saying it's only if you don't believe in like, yeah. if you think that you know trans people don't deserve the, the same so and so, your mama a bitch. Now you get to decide if your mama's a bitch. <laughs> Well, your actions thing is, will dictate whether or not your mama's a bitch or not. It's also like trolls. Trolls. They sometimes they 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 feel like they say this thing, and they half the time they don't expect you'll ever see it or that you'll ever respond. And when you do, they're like, "Oh, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I, I really love you. I'm, I'm just kidding. I just want to let you know. Like, no, you don't. No, I you love don't. a clapback. I love a clapback. Oh, clapbacks I mean, are great. I love. I, I, I'm, I'm always here to be like, well, and now back to this bitch that had a lot to say about me in the press the other day. Molly, what's, what's good? good? Right. <laughs> like, what's good? For sure. <laughs> so, if you haven't noticed, we're on with <laughs> Jack Reed and Monet Exchange. I mean, you know, I wanted to call this episode Side Effects of Drag only because I don't feel like I really know much about drag culture, about like what is the difference between drag and trans. And I feel like a lot of folks don't. Yeah. And education has to happen. Yeah. And um, I'm, I am always a resource for edutainment, for the educating while entertaining. So I'm not holding us to that, but just before we're done, I would like there to be some addressing. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know we we're going to dovetail. We can even sure. jump into it. I mean, I, I, I think that's, uh, I believe it was Gia Gunn <laughs> or something. No, it was... Um, what was her name? Monica Beverly Hills, who said Monica drag she was is a queen what on drag I race. do. Season Monica five, season yeah, I think so. She said drag is what I do, trans is what I am. You know, uh, dra- trans and drag mm-hmm. are not mutually exclusive. There are actually some really remarkable trans drag queens. Uh, Peppermint mm-hmm. is an icon. Kylie Sonique, uh, Kylie Sonique uh, Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peppermint is the first openly trans person to ever originate a role in a Broadway show. She <laughs> is a a like New York City icon. She was the drag Oracle and icon. Head Over Heels. Yeah, she was working okay. on the Head Over Heels. Mm-hmm. She's been on. She was. She's been on Pose. She's a great actor and a brilliant singer and a great drag queen. And there are also lots of like people like cis men who do drag, non-binary folks who do drag, cis women. Um, there's lots like because I know that's is? a misperception because I think a yeah. lot of people think like drag is gay men. That's it. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do, but that 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 is just the surface. I know so many different uh, gender identities who do do drag, and but Bob and I, we had this argument on Sibling Rivalry, our podcast. Uh, really, wait, recently. why are you making this face, Bob? What is this face? 
that's that's my listening phase. That's okay. my listening phase. It's like, damn, nigga, that's the problem. Well, they used to it. Before we move forward, well, they like, used to it. I'm like. <laughs> Because Bob made the you, you, he made the declaration. He was like he said, Monet is Tyler. Perry, or no, he said, Monet. Who is the most? What do you say? The most successful drag queen. The in most the world? successful drag queen in the world. And I was like RuPaul. And the you were like is Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry is the most successful drag. But I wouldn't count performer. him a drag queen. I'm gonna say performer again. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and say drag performer. Tyler Perry is the most successful drag performer in the world. I say drag is this, and tell me if you agree, Monet. Drag is creating art and blurring the gender line. If you're doing some sort of like a weird gender bendy moment and you're doing it through the form of art, whether it be performance, whether it be uh, music, any of that stuff, that's what drag is. Do you agree? Yeah, so that then so, bitch Tyler Perry is <laughs> killing it in the drag game. <laughs> so by that definition, but, Martin Lawrence, Shanae, uh, uh, Jamie Foxx, Wanda. That's what I was Wanda. gonna say. Like, think, are any of those? Tyler Perry is way more successful than Martin Lawrence. It's not a dig at Martin Lawrence, but I think if you put uh, Tyler Perry's um, body of work and and box office uh, and cult following Receipts. next to next right. to Mr. Lawrence's, <laughs> I think that uh, Tyler Perry is is scrubbing Martin Lawrence in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> and I well, think the they do drag. Is... I think Martin Lawrence and, and and some of them do. They have done drag before, but Tyler Perry is consistently throughout his entire career been doing drag. Well, his character is who made his career. His drag yeah. character is who made his career. I yeah. mean, but. Drag is specifically, though, performing as a female. Not necessarily. Okay. I think it's, I think it's just the blurring of the gender line. There are some people who do drag and they do this, like, gender bendy uh, where, where you can't tell if they're, like, men or women or what. They do Someone like, like Christine. Christine is a drag queen from, uh, from Texas. Te- Texas. And their whole thing is... They're not male. They're not female. More in the non-binding spectrum, but it's like very gore and like filth, and it's 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 it's, it's very it's it, that that's their drag aesthetic. And you also have drag kings. You have people like Landon Sider who won Dragula. Jesus. Dragula. Landon well, I Sider. Know Christine is gender bendy. Well, it is actually kind of gender bendy. But you oh, also yeah, have people sure. like Axel Andrews down Axel in Florida Andrews, yeah, who's doing this like bearded drag. It's just like it is this like feminine masculine combination poo-poo platter of expression through the form of entertainment. And that's what I think drag is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by that expression, you're going to have to admit, Monet, Tyler Perry is crushing it. Tyler Perry is about to win Drag Race season 15. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've always wondered why doesn't, why haven't, do you think Tyler Perry would ever be, Amanda, do you think Tyler Perry would ever be a judge on Drag Race? Do you think Tyler would let himself? No, because he would never put himself that close. Girl! Don't don't get me out here in these streets <laughs> saying shit that's gonna get us canceled. Tyler Perry will never get that close to faggots nope. ever in his life. <laughs> never, not one. It is no. it's too close. It's, it's too. too close. Cl- it is. It's that is dangerous, bitch. This episode is gonna the be proximity crazy. is too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I the proximity because I feel like he would consider the proximity. I mean, this is just a guess because I don't know the man, but he would consider the proximity. To be in like in infer- an inference of his own uh, girl, sexuality then, for sure. Because then folks start being like, "This shit looks very." Because <laughs> <laughs> then folks start being like, "Wait, hold on." You know what? Uh. Just because because people like to say things. Listen, I just want everybody to be able to live in their truth. 
And, you know, I feel like there are things there. There are shackles that hold certain people down. There Mm -hmm. are societal expectations that hold people back. There are, you know, ideas that people have about like what makes them successful, you know. And so, you know, to each their own. But who are we to walk Tyler Perry out of a closet? We ain't nobody. (laughs) And let's just say right now, I am not saying that Tyler Perry is or is not anything. But I know that he is actively distance for sure and 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 you yeah <laughs> girl amanda this is a little suspicious this is such a messy episode already i cannot I cannot. <laughs> if I get a season to from Tyler Perry, will you help me pay for it? <laughs> we will. We'll definitely crowdsource. I don't know if I would give cash or Amanda would, but we, we would. We help you crowdsource. I'll donate sure. an Amazon gift card at least. <laughs> <laughs> at least. Oh now, Amanda, have you ever done? Have you ever done? Well, well okay, you're not this interviewing like Amanda. So this is you are not. This is not sibling rivalry. Well, I was going to say because Amanda. um, your you, I would say you kind of dabble in drag. Your characters, um, um. I was going to ask that because I have a character like MC Chekaho who yeah. is a dude. And I mean, I'm com- I do it so I'm, I'm immersed so much that my man really does not like to speak to me when I'm in Chekaho. He's like, nah. <laughs> He'll like, I'm like, you uncomfortable? You uncomfortable? Like, if you was comfortable in your sexuality, like, this wouldn't even be a problem. He's like, it's not that. This is just not what I like. This is not, I don't, I got. Yeah, I'm about to go get some cereal. <laughs> so I, but, I would say that's definitely a that is a form of drag expression for sure. I agree. Really? I agree that there is there huh. is a form of drag, and you are uh, basically playing with gender and like you're creating this this. Uh, and there are some really really phenomenal and really successful um, drag kings in the world. Um, now, I always thought there had to be music as a part of it. So pardon any of my ignorance, because I feel like my relationship to drag has been like to Wong Fu. Yeah. Which is and, amazing. Yes. And um, Kinky Boots and, and Drag Race. But yeah. I feel like there's always kind of an element, like the element of performance is, I thought an integral part of it was like that you're perf- like singing. So I, my drag personally, so my first time ever performing in drag was at the New York Comedy Club. I was doing stand-up. There was no music at all. You know what I mean? I, I entered to Poker Face by Lady Gaga, but I didn't perform it. It was just my walk-up song. And I did my stand-up with, with no music at all. And there's lots of comedians like that. Bianca Del Rio, her drag is almost entirely stand-up. Very, very little uh, lip-syncing. Um, then you have people like Miss Cracker, who's doing a, a tour where she's going to be doing stand-up on her upcoming tour exclusively. And then you Same have... Edna. Um, Dame Edna Everett. And Dame Edna, she sings. She sings a lot. She does do some... Also, another straight man who does drag, Dame Barry Humphreys. Dame Edna Everett is a straight man who does drag. Over in the UK. Uh, um, and Yeah, but he's Australian, but yeah, he's in the UK. Oh, yeah, there's um So there's actually lots of people who do... Uh, it, even um uh, the Breakfast Club's favorite drag queen, Flame Monroe. Flame Monroe, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's wild. When that episode came out, it was wild. That episode set the queer community. It was on, bitch, we were on fire. It was crazy. It was crazy, that episode. What made it so crazy? When she starts talking about pronouns and how she identifies, how they identify, because... uh, She's a she and he and we. She said she, he, we. Yeah. But I think for the queer community, when everyone saw that, people immediately went went, went to the comments, right? And they were like, because when you look at 
Kathleen Monroe, you see a trans woman. And then when she said, my pronouns are she, he, we, everyone in the comments were like, you see? So I can call all trans women um, um, he. Like they, no, they, it's her they choice. Own, you know, you know but, but people weren't realizing that is her personal choice yeah. for her body, her life, and her choices. But that is that does not give you carte blanche to call every trans woman you see he and we. Like that is not their thing. And I think people were really confused by seeing this trans person being so out loud and proud about their pronouns. I think they can use those same things for everyone. Is it transphobic for me to ask trans folks if they would be interested in considering another pronoun than they to describe non-binary? Because they in like the English language means one thing that I don't think actually refers to how it is used in the pronoun space. Well, when you think about it, it actually makes sense because when you don't know someone's gender, typically you'll say they. You're like, someone left their wallet here. Now, you don't think this wallet belongs to seven people at once, but you know, I do not no, but know. there is not they. Yeah, there is possessive. Or you say, like, like who's like. They is literally plural. So if you say they, their, theirs. So we're translating it throughout the whole thing. Someone left their wallet. Uh, whose wallet Whose wallet is this? They must, whose wallet That's is still they, singular. If you say they must have left it behind. Whose wallet is this? They must have left it here. They left it here without so-and-so. Right. So, so they, they're theirs. And mm. when you don't know someone's gender, typically speaking, your brain will default to saying they, they're theirs okay. automatically. And a lot way. of people are like, I don't know my gender or my gender is between these things. Mm-hmm. So I will go with they, they're theirs. Now, I'm non-binary, I but, I, but I don't use they, they're theirs. It doesn't feel comfortable for me. You know what I mean? I, I've been, for, I know that me personally, I've been called he, him, or she, her for most of my life. She, yeah. her for the past like 13 years with all my drag friends. And I've started to experience like out, even out of drag, we'll be at the diner, no one's in drag, and they're still like, oh, Bob, she's hilarious. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that doesn't feel weird right. to me. It doesn't feel like a performance to me. It feels natural in this setting. And for some people, they just really feel comfortable with they they're them and it's it's like their way of no when you put it when you when you contextualize it that way that makes sense i just know sometimes i'm like wait are we talking about one person are we talking about it is hard it is it is hard to to wrap your brain around sometimes yeah um and also also, it's it's also part of queer vernacular to use feminine pronouns for everyone like in all of my friend circles we just use she her pronouns for everyone i call my dad she her i'm like i'm like girl you miss you know i mean like (laughs) so it's just part of queer vernacular to use that so i think that's even been a big adjustment for me as a queer person and i mess up all the time yes i do fall under non-binary but like bob i default to she her and he him pronouns but I even still, sometimes I mess up. The other day, we were t- on our podcast. We were talking about Demi, Demi Lovato. Lovato. And I have you t- heard of Demi Lovato's new show? Oh, my God. No. I can't. Okay, I won't <laughs> talk about it for long. But they have this new show out, and it's called Unidentified. What do you think Demi Lovato's show Unidentified would be about? Just what, like, when you hear that, what do you think? With everything she's going through. They're going through. There. See? I just did it. Because your demo came out as non-binary. They used it in pronouns. The show's called Unidentified. I oh, was I like, thought it would be about identity. No. UFOs. This bitch is out in the <laughs> oh, world actually, looking at UFOs. No, listen. I didn't think it was UFOs until you told me that she now came out as... <laughs> so when I found out that they were like, hi, I'm Demi Lovato, singer, activist, and UFO experiencer. Oh, I want to hear that show. I was Amanda, like... Amanda, no. Amanda, I was like, no. Let me hear that show. I said, no. Let me, I'm Y'all, they're this, aliens. I really this, believe I'm one of them. Like, in this four-part 
series will we find UFOs? I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Spoiler alert. I promise you that bitch finds no UFOs. They do not find UFOs. I'm telling you, anybody who's listening that watches Battlestar Galactica, I feel like I'm a Cylon and I just don't know. Okay? Because in Battlestar Galactica, they had aliens that were Cylons and they really were like, I am not a Cylon. We want to kill Cylons. Cylons tried to kill us and then find out, wait, I'm a... I'm a Cylon, but this one Cylon was like a Cylon. They're like, that's what they did. That's the, the a- y'all sense. aliens. Y'all did it. Listen. But, but sorry, but, but that's but, so funny because I really did think it was about UFOs. I was about to say UFOs, and you were like, well, she just came out as non-binary. I was like, oh, it must be about identity then, because why would she be talking about UFOs? But the long story short is, I I do think for me personally, I know that when you if you want someone to be comfortable around you, if you honestly want them to be able to be themselves around you. You're gonna want to respect their pronouns, and but people be- don't want people to be comfortable around them. I mean, it, it depends <laughs> on the. Pe- I guess it depends on the people. There are certain people I want to be comfortable. I don't want to be comfortable around me. But I, for example, on, on my show, we're here on HBO. <laughs> um, <laughs> we there is this like we have one of these stories that I was watching recently, and there was this this person on the show, and she's trying to come out to her parents and be like, "This is how I feel." And at one point, her parents are like, "Stop making it about you being yourself." That blew my mind. What do you mean? When what other thing is there to make it about? And, and that's what I, I was like. What do you mean? Stop making it about you being yourself. Like that was so crazy to me. And I feel like a form of asking someone, but like, can I just use different pronouns for you? Is a form of being like, stop making it about you being yourself. It can really mm. be for that's, some people. Take it even another. That's like your name is Toby now. Yeah, yeah, essentially, because yeah. because someone's like, I go by this, and you're like, I'm gonna go with this. Who are you? Who the fuck? I hate people. This is why I'm like, I must be an alien. <laughs> Do you understand how insane it is to me to tell somebody like, no, you're not that. I'm calling you this now. Yeah, like Cassius Clay was like, I'm Muhammad Ali, and people were like, no, you're Cassius Clay. If he wanted to be called Muhammad Ali, call like, me what's Muhammad. The, like what's the right? problem? Listen, I had a chef who, when I met him. Uh, well, I'll change his name. Okay. When I met him, his name was Juan. Uh-huh. But then, like, something happened. And a year later, he was like, My name is Shade. And I want to just be called Shade. And it was like, All right, Shade, can you make sure that there's asparagus on the menu? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that makes sense, though, because there are times where people are like, Don't want to respect. Like, people go through processes. Like, Malcolm X went through a process where he did not want to be called Malcolm Little. He's like, Stop calling me that. My name is Malcolm X. It's so weird how, like, we will contextualize, and if, if it makes sense to us, I'm going to start by saying this. Caitlyn Jenner is insane. Just by and large, does the trans queer community claim her? We don't fuck with her. We, we cha- don't fuck with Everyone her. claims that she's trans, but we don't fuck with her. Yeah. She's she's belongs to conservatives. She's a crazy person. She is a crazy but person. I think, she, I think that her version of trans is like a weaponized version. I don't think it's the genuine, like, I see myself as a woman. I think it's like, I saw myself as possibly going to jail for murdering somebody with my car. And so now all of well, a sudden... I don't believe that because they put trans women in jail and they put them in the men's no, but he all the time. When he was when he... Was he when she was presenting male. When she was presenting male. Mm-hmm. There we go. She got in some shit. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, she was trans, and it completely shifted the narrative. So it's not the same as putting trans people in jail, because this is also someone who has a certain level of privilege that is, like, not the same as us. Like, not as regular people. And all of a sudden, she was then woman of the year. I mean, I I, I can't speak to her experience, but I will say that Caitlyn Jenner is clearly someone who has weaponized 
um, their privilege, their access, uh, their Kardashian-ness to really think that they can influence and change things. I mean, look at the whole fucking governor. Uh, That's what I was going to say. The governor knew some recall. Knew like some she recall. was really trying to run for governor, but her platform was completely insane. Well, she, got, she, got, she got 1% of the vote. But what I would say is, is this. I don't think that it was a ploy for her to not go to prison. I think Caitlyn Jenner, if you look throughout Caitlyn Jenner's entire history, she, yeah. she's been doing a lot of presenting trans under the radar for a really okay. long time. And maybe yeah. she got to a point. I mean, the surgery, the, a lot of the stuff that she was doing was presenting quite feminine for quite a long time. Yeah. And the time may have been odd. Because right now, let me tell you, honey, they put motherfucker like, what kept Caitlyn out of prison was money. It has sure. always been money. It will always be it money. It wasn't titties. It, it, no, it, yeah, it, 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 it will always it will always be the amount of money that that she has. She has been wealthy for longer than any of us have been alive. She is so rich, it doesn't even make sense. We can't even fathom how rich Caitlyn Jenner is. But the reason I brought her up was when she first came out and said, Call me Caitlyn. There were people who were like, I ain't calling this bitch no fucking Caitlyn. And I was like, it's so crazy me that we will be like, I will call a grown man walk a flock of flame. Yes. <laughs> but I won't call someone Caitlyn Jenner. I will call Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, knowing this nigga ain't never been to a day of doctor school in his life. <laughs> I mean, but it's not really about the calling of the name as much as it's really about if I call you this other name, then I'm allowing you to exist in this form that I don't think should exist, right? That's what it really gets attached to. If I call you a woman's name when you have been presenting as a man, then I am accepting that you, if you feel like it, can decide to change your gender. And I don't like that that is even a concept. I don't think that's okay. I think it's problematic, et cetera, et cetera. So it yeah. feels like for people when they acknowledge someone's changing their name or their pronoun, that what they're doing is co-signing a shift in their society that they don't co-sign. When actuality, it's not really a shift. This has been in existence Trans people forever. have been around for <laughs> centuries. Trans people are not new. This is not anything new under the sun. No. They have been here for literally forever. And then I want to speak to another part of the conversation, which is, as like I was kind of saying before, as someone who is in the queer community, I want to acknowledge that it is okay to mess up and make mistakes. I mess up all the time on people's pronouns, and you just apologize, and then you move on. And this is something, well, that's what, with, with Demi Lovato. I We were having the podcast, and I kept on referring to them by the wrong pronouns. And and I know there will be somebody that will comment and be like, wow, it's so disrespectful to do this. But this never comes from the people who you are offending. It is it is never coming from Demi Lovato. It's never coming from the people from that experience. It's people who want to pretend yes. like they're so on and they are mm -hmm. so... Virtue signaling. Virtue, yeah, virtue signaling that they're on the right side of history. It's like, no, it, I am a human being. I have known this person as this thing and I'm trying to adjust my brain and adjust my mind to say the right thing so that I don't offend. And I think that that is okay to make, make mistakes and that as long as you apologize and the person acknowledges what you know that the, the mistake has happened i think the reason why it's probably triggering for some people too is because a lot of people will weaponize pronouns against trans people with the intention of specifically upsetting them like they will mm -hmm. it's kind of oh, like when sure. they, the, the day that you got off the elevator and those guys oh. tried to tried to dog walk you oh my god i'll never forget that can you shit. tell that story yeah, so I was doing a I was doing a fundraiser in West Virginia in no in um, oh well that you were in West Virginia <laughs> sorry no that's West. your fault <laughs> no Virginia Virginia it was, it was Virginia I was gonna say because you what took your ass to West Virginia it was that's a, it your was a fault fundraiser. you have to make smart choices <laughs> I'm <was>, victim blaming <laughs> it was a your fundraiser fault. and we're there to thing myself and my little tiny little ginger assistant who was maybe five foot three. And um and so we, we we got done with the gig and we got in the elevator and we got to the lobby of the hotel. Wait, how tall are you? In heels, I'm about. 
about six four. What? Yes, honey. I know. Bob, I'm, I'm telling you. Oh, Bob is ginormous. In heels, I'm like about five ten. <laughs> Girl, bye. <laughs> Bob in heels. Bob is about six six. No, I I I I I am up. out. Of- Y'all play ball. I used used to in high school out of drag I'm six foot two so flat footed I am a very dainty six foot two but I make it look like six that's my favorite height that's how tall my man is (laughs) six two is I would say six two is the end like for AMAB for like people who are assigned male at birth that is the end of being like Tall, like that's where you're like tall. Anything yeah. above that, you are freakishly tall. Yes. I don't agree. Four, six three no, is not freakishly tall. Six three is like get it, stab six, it, hurt me, it, chase it with a pitchfork. Like yeah. that. Six three is the end of. I agree with Amanda. Now six four. That's when you're like, wow, you're wow, a giant you. person. Amanda, how tall are you? Mm-hmm. Flat footed. Five six. Are you really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty average for a lady, Mona. I, but I'm saying if I like the way you present, I would say that you were like five nine. Oh, yeah, because my energy. Yeah, you know? for Monet sure. Monet said something the other day that was really crazy. We were <laughs> in Monet's kitchen, and Monet said, I thought that Rihanna was going to be really... Monet, Monet was like, Rihanna's really short. And I was like, I don't think Rihanna's short. She goes, Rihanna is so short. And I looked it up, Monet, Rihanna's like 5'7". And I was like, short. Monet... That is to not compared to who? <laughs> me. That, <laughs> Monet, you're not. Monet is five ten. We're let's, not let, volleyball players though. Like, <laughs> let's call a spade a spade. Monet is not six two. Monet is five foot ten, and Rihanna is like six. Uh, I mean five. That, oh, Monet is Bob, Bob trying to do math. Sense. Smoke, smoke is coming out of his agency. <laughs> short circuit. <laughs> but she's not short though. And Monet was like, I don't know. No, she's five eight. Bitch, Rihanna is five eight. Monet, Legit that is tall. not short. That is a very the tall woman. The average woman is like 5'3". Five, five, three. Three. Well, Rihanna but, is tall. But like like Amanda, Rihanna gives like 5'10 energy. Like she's like Tyra Banks out here. No. I Ta- so. Rihanna does not look as tall. Tyra Banks looks 6'2". She does. When I, I'm like, Tyra Banks, I expect Tyra Banks to be my height when I see this bitch <laughs> in the streets. I, you know what it is, though? We what? have long faces. Me... Tyra, Rihanna, we all have long faces. And mm. I think that's part of the reason why we also seem like we're tall. Like, we don't have round fa- Like, our faces are, like, long. Like, we're giving you a forehead. <laughs> we're giving you a long chin. Like, so I think that may be it, too. And then we're, I, like, in the camera. And it's just like, look at this long face, bitch. Like, she has have long legs, too. I think even more than that is the fact that Monet just will not admit that she's wrong <laughs> and that Rihanna's not short. 5'8 is a very tall woman. And Monet will not just say it. Just admit it, Monet. 5'8 is fucking tall. We're waiting. <laughs> but wait, I want to hear the story. Okay, so you're oh, in yes. Virginia, not West oh, Virginia. Shit. You've got a 5'3 ginger assistant. Uh-huh. You're doing a Who was, by the way, five inches taller than Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we get up the lobby of this of this hotel, and then we're walking to, because it was one of those hotels where the, where the lobby to the event was this place. You had to walk across from the lobby to the rooms. So we got the lobby from the event, going across the lobby, the elevator to the lobby, and then these, like, four dudes. And I'm, I'm walking across. And they're like, yo, yo, yo. I need a demographic. I need like, there, there I need were, to see them. Like three, th- three were black, and one was like Puerto Rican. Some was, some was three they, black guys, they, one Latin guy. Now, are they han- like, are they handsome? Are they, are they like bros, like I muscle would, bound? Like, I would say like two. Their- I would say like two Rick Ross looking ass niggas. Okay. One was like a uh, 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 a Muggsy Bogues looking ass nigga. Ah, Muggsy okay. Bogues. <laughs> okay. And that's how you think he is. Exactly. <laughs> Shorter than Rihanna. <laughs> And one was like a was like a Latin looking Drake dude, kind of looking dude. 
Okay, I needed a picture. Yeah. Got it. Mm -hmm. So walking out the lobby, and then um, two of them, the two Rick Ross dudes are like, yo, 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 look at him, look at him. That's that's a dude, yo, that's a dude. And then I, and in my mind, I'm like, I, first of all, I get I get this pretty often because I I often do things when I'm in full drag in, in public spaces, and this is this is this is common. And I just look, look like a man. <laughs> <laughs> I had a drag in New York City on the subway. Like, this is commonplace. Patty, my little assistant, he's, you know, redheads are real fire. He's like, he's like, she's like, no, she's not. Excuse me. What do you have to say to her? Excuse me. Like, what? And I was like, Patty, leave it alone. It's not that serious. And they were like, they were like, yo, 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 that's a dude, man. That's a dude, man. And then we just continued on to the elevator. But I'm like, why? There you go. What's what, up, nigga? What purpose, like, what's up, bro? what purpose does that serve you? Like, and what for what is the reason to even utter these words? Like, what is your reason for if I was a trans person of a trans experience, what is your reason for saying that in this public space? Like, what does oh, that give you? What does that offer you? I have you? the answer. I have the answer already. What? They need to immediately call you out and let mm -hmm. everyone know they are nothing like you. Mm -hmm. The fact that you enter the room in an androgynous vibe, automatically everyone needs to like, they need to virtue signal, mm -hmm. but in a, in a, yes. in a to let everyone know, I'm not, that. I know what that is. I'm not like that. I think that is nasty, and I would never, ever in a million years do anything with that. Meanwhile, you're just over there literally minding you your own goddamn business. Minding your own fucking business. <laughs> It's literally, to me, listen, I had somebody say to me one time, and I have never forgotten this as long as I've lived. And he was like, you know, homophobia is the gayest shit out. And <laughs> that's yeah. really, yeah. it's like by you even feeling the need to acknowledge is you drawing yourself closer. You know what I mean? Exactly. For sure. For sure. Just there's still this, I mean, you're. I completely believe exactly what Bob said. I think there's, in addition to that, there's also like folks who just, it's like a unicorn, you know? It's like, oh, I heard about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But look at it right there. And there's a lot of thoughts about Dave Chappelle's special, but he does say something in his special where he talks about a relationship he had. He had a friendship with a trans woman and she was like, I don't need you to understand me. I need you to understand that I'm having a human experience. Mm. that's what I need you to understand. Like, you don't need to understand like the trans experience. You don't need to, I just need you to regard to like acknowledge that I'm a human and thus I deserve respect period. And that's the thing that I think a lot of folks just can't seem to grasp because I think a lot of folks are also just barely human <laughs> to be honest. Honestly. Um, I mean, we see it more and more these days. I think we are surrounded by so much idiocy that it's like, I, I feel like our brains for a lot of people are like atrophying, like they're devolving into something else. Like they're well, becoming salamanders. I operate from a different standpoint. No, respect, no disrespect to salamanders. <laughs> no, <laughs> I have a friend named Alfredo who's a really good friend of mine, and he is notoriously just one of the grumpiest people I've ever met in my life. Okay. Imagine. I remember asking Alfredo once, Alfredo just said, most people are stupid. And then I started thinking to myself, do people think that most, so I started asking folks, do you think most people are stupid? Do you think most people are stupid? And I was shocked. I, I think I did it on Twitter, slightly over 50% where like most people are stupid. And I actually don't believe that because I feel like, I always say this, if I had all of your experiences, I would be just like you. I would be doing what you're saying, saying what you're doing, where if I had all of your experience, I would have ended up just you like you. That. Well, I mean, no, if I had all your- As somebody who's dated a bunch of niggas from nothing. 
When I say all of your experience, I don't I don't mean me in your experience. I mean like if I was Amanda Seals, raised mm-hmm. by your people, where you at, have your brain chemistry, have your level of whatever, like people who have like you know, what if they have depression, if they have, if they have a BPD or if they have all these things, if I had someone's experiences, I would have ended up just like them. Obviously, if I'm me in their place, I'm having a slightly different experience. You know what I mean? Kind of like if you drop, if you drop me off in Times Square and you drop Oprah off in Times Square, we're both in Times Square. We're having very different experiences, completely different experiences. Mm-hmm. So I would say if I had all of your experiences, I would have ended up just like you. So I try to remember that when I think to myself, people are out here acting crazy. There's there's got to be a reason, but I think that there's a way to in- introduce other experiences into their life. Not everyone can can be reasoned with, but you can introduce experiences into their life that can help them see things in the way that you see them. So maybe this mystery trans person, and also Dave fell like drop her at like is, she, is this really a person? Or did you make up for she her killed story? Herself. Oh, oh my god, what? Yeah. Oh, it's a real he, per- it was a real person. Oh well, well there it is. Um, no, the story like, this the story he tells is actually. Very, it's poignant. I need, I need, I need to listen to the special. Yeah, I, have I need to watch, watch it too. I, I can't I, agree. On the special. I just think there's, I think that there are also just like so many obstacles at work, right? Like we live in a nation that at this point simply doesn't regard intellect as valuable, yeah. right? Like it's, it's like that's become something that's just not valuable. Like we live in a nation that has really centered money as the goal above all else, and that that really. You know, when I really started hearing people be like, you know, going to college is just going to make me broke, but it's not, you know, you don't need to go to college to make money. And that became like this overall thing, which was like, fuck school. And I saw people being like, school doesn't matter if I, I need to pay these bills. And I'm like, okay, you can't pay the bills because we have an economy that is on some fuck shit. We have an economy that continues to keep folks below the poverty line. We have an economy that doesn't regard people that really wants to keep a 1%, but that's not related in my opinion to why you shouldn't at the very least center, like trying to educate yourself. Like I particularly black folks. I'm like, I always say it was illegal for us to read. That wasn't by accident. Like that was by design, design, you know, that it was like, let's keep them dumb. So I think that when, when I say like people are stupid, I'm not blaming it on people as much as I'm saying there are so many systems in place to keep people uninformed that it makes it that much harder for folks, particularly in the trans community and the drag community to introduce new experiences to people who have willingness. It's I like agree. They're, yeah, they're, that, that's the you, you need the willingness. That's that's a that's a that's you, the thing. But you know what? It's very with, hard to teach someone a lesson if they don't want to learn it. But with the black community and transness and queerness, it's like there is it's like you are these two identities that have so many parallels in this in, mm. in struggles. And for some reason, for for decades, centuries, we cannot figure it the fuck out and band together. And it drives me insane we that queer people and get, black folk cannot find common ground. But also, why is it this? Why is it queer? But you can't. Let me tell right now. If you're listening to this, you cannot talk about queer people without talking about black people. If you talk about queer folks, you're talking about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you I'm, can't I'm, talk I'm about, about in like the in like in like the no, bigger. No, picture. I get what you're saying, yeah. but it's it's it is it is a lot of cis straight black people who are acting like they're that the the queer black people like we like we're not part of this community. Yeah. Like when you say gay people, you're not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. a bunch of white folks. You're talking about me too. Yeah. You know, someone who drives me crazy, and I don't even know how you feel about him, but like. 
He is one of the most problematic people who is who keeps crawling across my fucking phone screen every my time. I see, like, who is this gonna who? be this person? Every time I see him, I'm like, get this motherfucker <laughs> off of oh, my Umar? fucking phone. Doctor Umar oh, is girl. when I you know, to me. You don't know who that is. <laughs> Yeah, I know who that is. Oh. When I say, like... There's a couple people that I just... I'm like, I I don't know her. You're right. His takes are so trash, but, like, black people have, like, rallied around his takes as if he's really spitting knowledge. And I'm like, he's anti-woman. He hates women. The way he talks about women, the way he talks about, like, the nappy hair and the weave and they're this, that, and the yeah, other. And the, and the way that he talks about gay people and trans people as if there are no gay black people or trans black people is insane like this we need to be paying this man full dust or 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 the only thing we should play him is like it is wild and, yeah, I mean, and here i am great. talking about him now someone's gonna go look him up but when you get there girl it's it's a rabbit hole be careful girl it's a rabbit hole yeah dr umar is wild it's bad it's bad i just feel like there's a very dangerous rhetoric that comes through the black community on exactly what you're saying. It just, it, it undermines, it ostracizes and it seeks to eradicate the existence of black folk that don't fit a particular, particularly men that don't fit a particular framework that has been designed. And, and the irony is that that framework was designed by the white patriarchy that enslaved you. Hello. <laughs> so especially in the form of religion specifically in the form of religion <laughs> well the, the thing is also black history has often done a thing or american history in general should i say has done a thing where they will erase queerness from the civil rights movement or they'll keep the people as if bayard rustin yeah just didn't exist yeah. bayard rustin um james, james baldwin, baldwin um, audrey lord dr angela davis they will they will like acknowledge them. Maybe they'll acknowledge Dr. Angela Davis, but yeah. never her queerness. N- oh, never I did not. I am just not. finding out right now. Oh. I'm like, Angela Davis is queer? Yes. Amanda, I found out two years ago when Bob had their Black Queer Town Hall thing. I had no yeah. idea, Angela. Never knew. I never knew that. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, she identifies as queer. And they talk about her, but they will never acknowledge her queerness. Uh, and and the same with with I mean you you might hear Nikki a little Giovanni. bit about about James Baldwin, but they will really be like he was a literary and he would disarray a little bit, and he was also <laughs> a great thinker and and um, <laughs> so so then you start to think to yourself. So then people start believing this rhetoric that says stuff like oh gay didn't even exist, like black folks wasn't this gay. They were we were always gay, but we were either so closeted or 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 the gayness was suppressed in a way like they're not going to tell you that they didn't tell you in school that Langston Hughes was a flaming queer but that would have been really nice to know when I was in high school to yeah. know when I was reading Simply Heavenly that Langston Hughes that was written by a queer that would have been that would have changed my they, they, they didn't even say that Alice Walker we're reading Gone Purple right. why do I find out that Alice Walker is a lesbian down the line. Right. Why don't I already? Know, why did I not know this when I was reading the book for required reading? People, people don't know that 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 the first drag queen ever was a slave. Was a slave. William. What? Yes, William Dorsey Swan was a slave, and he used to hold these balls um uh, um at, at 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 plantations like secretly. Like he was the first the first drag queen was a slave. William Dorsey. Also, Swan. also in community centers because he had also was um he had been free. He he had lived through slavery. Yeah. Through the emancipation. So he. 
he spent a big chunk of his life not as a slave. He was a formerly enslaved person who um, would hold these cakewalks and these balls and also what? was like, yeah. yes, and would like petition the government and the president to like repeal the like the infractions that were being brought against him. And he was the first person, he coined the phrase drag Drag, queen. drag ball. Dra- drag queen. Drag was coined in in the in the, in uh, the UK. The the phrase drag queen was coined in America by William versus Swan. And he started drag balls. He was he was the first one to start a drag ball. So talk to us about a drag ball. For those of us who have not seen Pose, who have not seen Legendary, well, tell us about it. Who have not seen Paris is Burning, tell us about a drag. Well, ball. you know the ballroom scene and and drag. Yes, yes, they are um, in the late eighties, early nineties. They became one thing, but drag existed before that. And I think ball ballroom specifically emerged late eighties, early nineties, and drag was. Uh, and injected into that. But ballroom culture, I mean, that's like a whole nother world of things. that I don't know a whole lot about ballroom culture. Yeah, I grew up in New York City and I would go to Kiki Functions and I would go to balls. But I mean, that is that is a... <laughs> A, another dive of uh, knowledge I don't I do not have a fountain of in my in my experience yeah I would yeah me and Monet are drag experts and we we have been to balls and kiki functions uh even together did we go to the latex ball together we went, we went to the latex ball girl Amanda Bob and I we were like you know what we were at Bob's house his apartment off on off on 96th street no 106 in Amsterdam mm-hmm. and but we were like okay Bob was like uh let's go to the latex ball I was like okay girl it starts at like uh, eight o'clock girl when I tell you the clock struck 1 a.m and they were not even halfway through we we're like Mary it's a wrap we got we're, we're going home was, what do you mean when they weren't halfway through what what's so, what was so, happening so the ball is a ve- balls are ve- not always but often they are very 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 long there's mm-hmm. so many categories so like you again we, me and money and I express in this like they'll be like all right let's we're walking um realness uh, with a Bush, twist yeah Butch, Butch, Butch Queen Vogue and then you know Femme Queen Vogue and then everyone who does and the so pre- everyone has to perform this particular style yes yes and, then, everyone, and then, everyone who signed up or or, or, or they'll, they'll go up and then at some point they'll shut down the category so you can't join it anymore yeah and okay. then you have to watch everyone who's made the made the cutoff you watch them all go then, one by one uh-huh. they either get tens or they get chopped and then they get the tens and they battle against someone else and then they pick the person who wins and this could go on for like each one of these can be like 30 minutes yeah so it's a or long. more I need to go to a ball yes they're yes, really fun indeed. they're really they're, fun it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun you see because normally each ball has like a theme like the one we went to the theme was Adam's Family so in every category everyone was was dressed in some iteration of, of Adam's Family whether it was Lurch Wednesday Pugsley Gomez yes yeah, so it's there are all these themes and it's it's it is a lot of fun, but it was, girl, I was like, well, I am tired, baby. I got to go to bed. I got to go to work in the morning. This was before I had given up working full time. So I still had uh, work at 11 a.m. I was like, it's just a Where were me. you working? I need to know. Oh, I was working at the Yale Club of New York City as a front desk agent and, a, and the overnight auditor. Girl, I was like, who hired me to, to be an auditor? <laughs> I don't even know how to uh, balance What do you mean auditor? Checkbook. What does that mean? Like, you had to basically go through all the finances of the hotel from the restaurant from check-in. And you had to, like, balance the books, basically. You better work. <laughs> Those numbers was fucked up. Oh, a mess. I, I'm surprised I was never fired. I'm surprised. I'm so, so IRS, if you want to uh, audit the Yale Club <laughs> to do the real audit from the years uh, 2009 to 2012, you going you get to gather the Yale Club, honey. <laughs> So what is it that you all in individually feel like you bring to drag? Because I know like when I started doing comedy, I didn't want to claim 
comedy until I felt like I knew what I was bringing to the space mm-hmm. that was different because it's like you have all these black comics. I'm not trying to just be another black comic. And I feel like the drag world, it's like if you're coming in that space, you better come like correct. You have to come with a full identity, a full vision. So I would love to hear like when you all came into this space and decided like I'm doing this, like I'm really about this. What did you set forth to say I'm bringing to this space? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I would say so when when I decided to do to do drag, I remember my my I remember specifically saying I want to be a stand up comedian and mm. do drag. I want my drag to be in the comedy clubs. And I, I and I had a, a short tenure um, between uh, Gotham and uh, New York Comedy Club and Caroline's and comics down on the Meatpacking District. Okay, New York, New York, guys, yeah, the yeah, spots, yeah. the spots. <laughs> but then I I found my way into the gay bars and I was able to do my stand up for the toughest rooms in the world, which is a New York City drag audience at two. AM. Like, if you can make these Ooh. people laugh, you can make anyone laugh. Like, these are the hardest people in, like, a bunch of shady faggots who think they're I'm funnier than you. What, what makes them <laughs> It's a bunch of shady faggots who all have theater degrees, they all have a cabaret show, they're all <laughs> writers, and they all think they're funnier than you. Mm-hmm. And if you can make them laugh, then, bitch, you are really turning the party. So that's where I cut my teeth, and, 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 and I did it as a comedian, but then into my drag, I really started doing a lot of activism. I got really like up into my activist vibe. Like I was like, I am going to, I am going to like enact change for things. So I used to do these things called drag queen weddings for equality. Every Saturday I did a protest demonstration in Times Square and I did them until we had marriage equality in New York state. And then, wow. so then slowly activism started becoming part of my drag. And then like I was getting arrested in drag. And, and then, so then somehow over the course of time, People have like decided that I'm like some sort of a drag queen intellectual, which I don't really see myself as. An yeah, intellectual. I don't see you as intellectual either. <laughs> anyway, bitch, I see myself as a comedian and a funny person. But a lot of people are like, "But you have, you think interestingly." Um, people are really, people are really in, um, intrigued by the way I process things. Monet thinks that I, the way I process things is always very interesting. But it's just the way that my, you know, my, my brain works. But. So that's the space that I've been navigating, which is, but more than anything, I am a, a comedian and like a, and a like a pop culture commentator. Yeah, for me, I mean, so I went to so I went to Westminster Choir College for opera performance, and I did opera performance and music ed for four years. Are you going to give us? <laughs> no, Amanda. Me, me, me. A taste. <laughs> yes, give us an aria. <laughs> yes, thank you, Mozart. <laughs> Do you remember what I told you that is, Bob? Do you remember the name of it? I already knew what it was. What is it? Before, before you ever said anything. Well, what, what is it? It's the Queen of the Night aria. Okay, but do you know the do you know the name of it in German? Monet, uh, continue nah. with your shit, Monet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, so I I did that for four years, and I said, I, no, but I was serious. I need a note. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I was doing it before we end, we end this podcast. I swear, I promise, Got I it. promise. And, and so after I graduated, I taught elementary school for like a year and a half, and I was like, I taught general music K through five, um, and I was like, this is not the tea. Waking up early to deal with other people's badass baby kids, I was like, I'm not cut for it. Like I'm not doing it. So then I sang professionally for two years, and then I was, and then I was on break from, um, I was on break on a, um, uh, from a summer program. He's being funny. He's being silly. He's being silly, Amanda. Do not listen to him. You yeah. wonder. <laughs> Mona, is that not you singing? Is that you singing silly. or not? He's being silly. Anyway, is that, that you singing or not, Monet? 
So then I was like, you know, I wanna, I wanna, I RuPaul's Drag was airing, and I was like, oh my god, I can try to do drag, and I started doing drag. And I, honestly, when I when I started drag, I wanted to do it for music. I was like, oh, I can use that as a segue to make my music pop in. But then working through the gay clubs and and working hard to get my own shows, and I realized I just really like standing in front of a room of people, um, hosting and 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 telling jokes and to see how my energy and my aura and my light and all that uh, very LA type word wording um, <laughs> was able yes. to shift a room and make people happy and enjoy. It just, that's the thing about drag that I love. So I, I ended up doing a lot. Currently I do like a, a lot of hosting stuff besides the podcast. And um, I had a talk show exchanger, which you did exchange, right? Um, I did do exchange. Rates. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I just, I, I, I love that space. So my end, if I had an end goal, I want a nationally syndicated show, either a morning show or a, a late night show, um, being a, being a television host. That's what I want. But in, drag. Also, in drag. Yeah. Money also is really playing. Now, Monet really is actually a really very talented uh, vocalist. And if you really wanted to hear Monet, I was, there was a, a Monet, a flub performance that Monet on TV. <laughs> but in real, truly, listen to Monet's Ave Maria from the Unapologetically EP. It is actually very, very oh, good. Oh, you know my you know my work. That's very nice of you. I know at least one song. <laughs> so for those who don't know, how did you all meet? We met on Smart, Funny, and Black. Um, the event <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I want to know. I, I, you know, I, I want to know. Why did you pick Bob to win? We were tied. You are so. I cannot believe you chose Bob over me, Amanda. But you are panini pressed, bitch. <laughs> I nailed both of mine. I like, I like hit both of mine out of the park. Mine was uh, the two I won. Was the second one was I? I argued for Tina Turner. Bob had Patty, and I crushed him on that. Then did continue. We did the one where if we had to bring three things to Mars, what would be the three yes. things? My three things were exuberatingly fierce. Oh my God. If I recall, exuberatingly is not a word. a word that I will now be adding to my lexicon. It's, it's not a word. Not a exuberatingly word. to exhume, to rise from the dead earth and, and give life to, to exuberatingly. Um, if I recall, because the, the thing that ends up becoming like the, the, the deciding point when I decide like who wins in smart, funny and black is always about like who I feel injected as equally apart across all three of the buckets of smart, funny, black. And in terms of their knowledge of black history, black culture and the black experience. Got it. So like over the course of the show, I bring in all of those buckets. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm calculating in my head throughout, like who is, touching all of those buckets most equally. And sometimes like someone will be like very nailing it on the pop culture side of things, but like on the history side, like they're, they're slipping. Right. right? Or, like, or like on the experiential side, like they're killing it, killing it, but like, or they know history, but they like, don't know any like black pop culture. And I really believe that like black pop culture is just as much a part of our history as like our actual, like historical icons, oh, like, sure. because so much of the shaping of our narrative has come in how we show up in our creativity. Right. So like, I don't know that like Ross and Rachel have done any shaping of like what white culture or what whiteness is or any of that. But I can absolutely tell you that Cliff and Claire Huxtable played an incredibly important role in the shaping of like how black people are viewed globally. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's my take on that. Um, and so I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> That it was not a favoritism. <laughs> you know what? Oh my God. I saw 
Bob very focused, and I was like, something's going on. Oh, you do it, my crown. I still have my crown. Monet, you lost. Oh, my God. Let it go. Become one with the wind and sky. You are a monster. You're a monster person. Um, So, how Bob and I met. You're a monster person. Bob and I met. We were, so Bob uh, was already doing drag already, and then um, he was performing at a club in New York City called the Ritz Nightclub, which is in uh, Hell's Kitchen on 46th Street. 49th. 46th. 46. You're right, 46th. And then, so, and, and that night I had I, I showed up in the club and drag you know just to you know you know get in drag and do my thing, and then I was watching the show and he did this number this diamonds number where he did Shirley Bassey diamonds and and he had diamonds of yes forever. but he started out with this like phone call of this like lady like her, finding out that her boyfriend was cheating on her and then Bob and then, so he's on the phone talking and doing this lip sync his mouth is moving right and then he turns around and then diamonds are forever starts and then diamonds start falling out of his mouth and I was like what in the witchcraft is going on here <laughs> and then he did this thing then he like opens his purse he pulls this like these huge size 15 shoes encrusted in diamonds they're very big shoes and he put them on <laughs> they were very big shoes <laughs> and then he did this reveal where he ripped this thing off the front of his dress and, his, and then he had this like black thing on it all of a sudden it was like encrusted in diamonds and he pulled under his wig this like face covering that was covered in diamonds so it was one of the greatest numbers I'd ever seen and I was like this person is smart I'm gonna steal all the, all their ideas and be better than them and then but I need to befriend him first and then that's would you say that person happened. was smart funny and black would you say that person was smart that funny was the devil oh my god not Monet with the same filter not Monet figured out my little secret not Monet figured out my little secret you guys are hilarious but so, so and if you so guys if you guys want to see what you see y'all have to get on the Patreon to see uh, uh see the tease honey you better tell them. So, Listen, you all have inspired. Like y'all really inspired me to like really push the needle on doing a Patreon. It's everything. Because, oh, work. And I, I would tell. I mean, I'm, I wasn't joking before when I said like I need to sit down. I need a tutorial <laughs> because people love y'all's. To, but but you know what? People love y'all's Patreon because they love y'all. Yeah. And that's really the bottom line. Mm-hmm. People come on, people subscribe to your Patreon because they subscribe to the joy that you all bring through your drag. Like people are really just like, oh my God, this makes me feel so yeah. happy. And, it, it, and also, it's, Amanda Seals, Patreon is a really great way to like figure out who really wants to support you. And you can weed out all the like, all the stupid shit, all the like people who are just showing up to troll. Yes. And, like you can, you can weed out all of that by having a Patreon and, Honestly, would would never would never look back. Yeah, would like it is one. It is my. It is literally my favorite corner of the internet for sure. I'm obsessed. Yeah, love it. Well, I'm gonna have to get some info from you guys in just terms in terms of just like the different ways you use it because I'm still learning like the the way the platform operates and you know just like the ways to engage people. But so far, we've just been really like excited to see people just excited. Like people are like, oh, we can get more shit here. Like and and content and it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty and great. It's really great. Love it. So thank you. Thank you. But also, um, so the long story short, so Monet and I kind of started this relationship because I was, uh, I mean, I, I haven't been doing drag much longer than Monet, maybe like literally like maybe three years, maybe. Yeah. When but you three, start, I started doing a long time in drag though. For, that's true, especially really. When, Why? Well, so three years in drag, you is it's quite a bit of experience, especially if you're doing drag as often as I was, which is like two, three times a week, um, mm-hmm. in a, in a big city versus just starting out. So there's a you, the learning curve is really quick, and New York City really throws you into the fire. So you learn a lot really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And um, so we kind of have this like like 
I'm not Monet's drag mom, but but I was like mentoring Monet kind of through the nightlife. What's a drag, drag mom? Yeah, Ooh. a drag mom is someone who puts you in drag for the first time, and often they will mentor you through. It's like a mentorship program. It's like a Big Brother program, basically. Big yeah. Brother Big Sister program. Um, like, and so they'll, you're they'll, like, oh, don't don't use that foundation. Try this one. Oh, well, if you tease the hair, make sure you tease it this way, so it so it falls this way. Or don't or use this try doing spray. numbers like this. Or or like if you you know this is the great way to get to like try this club, try these things. Yeah. So I was like. So teaching me how to sew and then we just ended up having like just we ended up forming this really strong bond i don't even know what it was like i think it was actually specifically i think it was when we started juicing together juicing (laughs) oh my god amanda so bob so this is when juicing was like a big thing this is what 2015 14 probably juicing was like a big it must be because in 2016 i was dating a dude who was like I'm going to go on a two-week juice fast mm. where I'm not going to speak to anybody, including you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, I Damn. don't think this relationship is right for <laughs> So Bob was like, Monet, I'm going to juice. So Amanda, when Bob has an idea, he's not asking you to be a part of it. He's like, Monet, I'm going to juice and you're going to do it too. And I was like... <laughs> Okay, I guess okay. I'm, I guess I'm juicing. <laughs> so we go to the supermarket and buy like hundreds of dollars worth of juice. Because when you're juicing, you don't realize, girl, you need all the things. Like th- yes. five apples is like this much juice. So you need to buy like fifty oh, apples. Wow. Okay. So we bought all these things, and um, I, I think I stayed by his house like a day or two, and we juiced together. We were, we're doing we we're doing it for three days, and. On the, over the so just a cleanse, a, cleanse. a juice cleanse. only juice, okay. no solid foods, only the juices. And which, then, by the way, don't ever do it. A juice cleanse should be like two or three days. I was going way. I, I went the first time I ever did it was twenty days, which is, by the way, way too. I really cannot recommend that you all don't do that enough. It should be two or three days at the most. Yeah, and talk to your doctor. Yeah, you know, LA they be on some extra shit, mm, and girl. in California, oh my god, we're like I only drink juice, <laughs> right? Like, I only drink. You only drink juice. juice I'm like. Are you bottoming? Like, what is the... I don't get why... Okay. And then, so over that course of three days, our friendship went through the range of... We went through... We went through very high highs, the lowest of the lows. And one of the... One of the... And when we came right from the low, we went right in the middle and we were driving. It was the last day of the juice and we were going to break it like at that night. And we're in the car. Bob had just got done with his show and we were like riding uptown because I was driving back then. And then um, what happened, Bob? Somebody passed. Someone like we, we saw something in the street and you do you remember what it was? I don't remember what the comment I don't remember was. what it was, but I remember, but I remember uh, you saying that looks really sad or something. And then, and was then, that what and it was? I, I, I said something like that. Then Bob, I'm driving the car and we get to we get to the stoplight. He looks over at me slowly. He's like, you don't sound sad. And then it was, I was like, he was just so angry at me for no reason. I had not eaten for like 18 days. Yeah. So please forgive me. Yeah, I, me and I, everything when they would say, she'd be like, I'm hungry. You don't sound hungry. You could be a little hungrier in your presentation. But I was very, when I get very, very hungry, I get like Monet's only ever seen me scream at one person, as long as she's known me, and it was literally it was a promoter who would not feed us on the tour. Yeah, like it was me, Monet, Monet's assistant, my assistant, and four dancers. Four big dancers. These are not like children. These are like big six foot two dancers. Okay. Yeah, one of like a six foot three man named Tislarm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so, and then this guy, he would bring us like one rotisserie chicken. One rotisserie chicken, Amanda. One rotisserie chicken and a bunch of waters. And be like, dinner served. And we're like, 
<laughs> is this and, a joke? And I think after the third day, I was so hungry and so tired. It was after the show, and I like locked the door with him in the room. And it was me, Monet, and my assistant. I think I don't know if Ed was in there or not. You know. But I was just, I mean. Man, I was screaming. <laughs> I don't mean like I don't mean like a little bit raising my voice. I mean like I was, I felt like um, uh, Hades and oh, and, and, and Hercules. <laughs> yeah, and I know like, people I, are gonna be like, "Why don't you just buy your own food?" It's like that's not the point. It's like this is the promoter. He knew what he knows what's in our writers yeah. and what his responsibilities you know what we were, and he just wasn't providing it. I showed up to speak to a school recently. And, and let me just say my writer is very basic. I've said this before on the show. I'm going to say it again. My writer <laughs> is very basic. I don't have like an extensive writer when I show up places. I want there to be organic apple juice that doesn't have citric acid in it so that I can drink it. Um, I want there to be water. I want there to be a fruit plate. I want there to be a vegetable plate. And that's pr- and bananas. That's essentially my writer. Oh, like bananas. I mean, oh. when they was there when I had bananas one time I had to go off on another promoter because he didn't get my <laughs> Oh, I thought I thought, I, I thought you don't yell at people, Bob. I thought this was this is a, 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 a solo experience. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't yell at I him. showed I up this school recently one. and they had literally nothing. That's so they annoying. had told my assistant, we'll do everything we can. Everything we can is not literally nothing. That's insane. I'm sorry. I didn't have water. That's crazy. I was like, so y'all just didn't do like anything? And they're like, I mean, we're, okay, we're gonna go try and find you something. They came back with like an apple. They tried. I ate the shit out of that apple, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you respond? I mean, I was in a good mood that day. And and to be honest, it was a school where like they are a, a they were like a black organization that oh, is like okay. trying and to do some yeah, shit. Got it. And yeah, got it, got it, got it. so I think that it was deeper than just like we didn't get you anything. It was more so like we were limited on resources and we were probably like trying to stretch all of us so thin to get even get this shit done that like it fell through the cracks so like i didn't turn up but i've definitely been but to y'all like you go to places and sometimes it just feels and it's hard to this is what privilege is is like it's sometimes difficult to not feel like so are y'all like not give did y'all not do this because i'm black did y'all not do this because I'm a woman? I wonder if for y'all, is it like, did y'all not do this because we're a drag show? Like, I feel yeah, like I there's... Yeah, I all the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, if, know, I, if I go to a place and I see, like, uh, like that, uh, you know, Ellen DeGeneres was here. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, did Ellen DeGeneres have to deal with this? Right. When she when she was on... Did you, she... tell De- did you tell Ellen DeGeneres to tell her audience to, to tip? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Exactly. Because because rumor exactly. has it that you, you can't even ride the elevator with Ellen. <laughs> rumor has it you can't even smile at her. So I know you ain't say shit to Ellen. Why why are you talking to me? <laughs> Tell your audience the tip. Bitch, that is, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe she fixed her lips to say that. See, that is insane. I was like, you it, can leave now. And it, she was like, wait, what well, I say you can leave that's now. Crazy. It do Please take nerve. Leave. It do take it nerve. It do take nerve. Amanda, would you well, would I, you be a judge on drag race? Oh my God. I don't even know if I'm, that would be so, I would be like honored. I don't even know if I, I don't even know if I'm like skilled enough to be a judge on Drag Race. Child, those folks on that show don't be knowing that good right. goddamn thing about Drag Race. First of all, RuPaul, I met RuPaul and it was like, <laughs> it was just, it was such a, a moment because, you know, you meet people and they may not be like, 
you know, what mm-hmm. you wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. And so I was very much so happy when I met RuPaul and he was just such a gracious, like cool, um, kind person. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if, about other people's experience, but that was mine. And I was just like, Oh yes. So to work, you know, and congrats because he's breaking records yeah. and doing all the things. Oh, I and- mean, fully out here crushing it. Like in, in, an, in an insane way. I mean, RuPaul is, is 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 and will always be a big inspiration for me. Same. I mean, talk about someone out here really slaying the game. And people, I mean, people, because we're on the show, because Bob and I, like, we speak very honest. That, that that's our thing on our podcast, and that's who our personalities are. We speak very honestly, very openly. We don't ever sugarcoat whatever. And in, and just because we don't have bad things to say about RuPaul, it's like, oh, so we see that you still in RuPaul's pocket. That y'all 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 just y'all just afraid to say what you think. Y'all 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 got to kiss the ring. Huh? That's where they come with that. Yeah, all, that's all the so time. weird to me. So crazy. It's very insane. What? I don't I don't know why. It's like they so people have this like weird obsession with wanting to like. Uh, uh, put put her down and like and and just make her this evil Elon Musk uh, supervillain person. I'm like that's just not my experience with RuPaul. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry to that man. They want it to be so bad. I don't understand this type of like. Yeah. I just don't understand this type of thought process. Like people really wanting just to be so riddled with conflict. Yeah. I also like, think about it too. And I'm, I'm kind of like, there is for me, like there is something weird about this, like this black man who's like really like killing it. And then like all these like white people who want to like take him down. And I'm like, this is giving very, I just see like this this black man made it. Now y'all want to like you now y'all want to ruin him. Like what's good? It's kind of like how like all these billionaires are out there. Then as soon as Rihanna became one, all of a sudden folks is like drag this raggedy hoe. I mean, is that is that what folks are on? So I tweeted out this thing that said, you know the you know eat the rich. You ever there's a phrase I can call eat eat the rich gays. It's this group of gay folks who are like fuck rich people, kill them, destroy them. And then I posted a picture of uh, what's her name in Bird Box, Sandra Bullock in Bird Box with the blindfold on, and I said (laughs) all the eat the rich gays when Rihanna became a billionaire. And then in the list, they were like, we eating that bitch too. Fuck her. And I was like, I was, I actually didn't have a, a str- I was just thought, I was just making a funny joke about how, you know, when our favorites do something, we, we, we excuse the whatever. Uh, but there is definitely a big, there, there is a lot of people who are like, she's a billionaire. She must've done something really shady to get there. No, no. I just feel like there's also people who do that. And there are people who do that from a place of just feeling like nobody should have an exorbitant amount of wealth. And I get that because the reality is a lot of people with an exorbitant amount of wealth don't use it to help those who don't have it. So I get that. Right. But there's also folks that are just like, that should be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, it's jealousy. That's where they're at. It's, it's jealousy. Where, 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 really where is the cattiness in the, is there cattiness in the drag community or do you feel like it's, is it, is it more of a sisterhood? Yes. Yeah, on Sibling Rivalry podcast. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's definitely cattiness in my experience. Do you there feel is cattiness? Yeah, I, I don't think it's like necessarily like uh, an, an absurd. Free. I don't right. think it's like necessarily an, an absurd amount of cattiness, but I think that. But also, me and Money have different experiences. I am a very confrontational person, and I do not let things. There are many times in my life where I think to myself, I could have let that go. <laughs> I could have, but you know what? 
bitch, not, it's not getting past me today. <laughs> so there have been several times where we've been on tour. There's no cameras. There's we're just in the dressing room, and I'm I'm just fucking fighting bitches. I'm me and bitches just fighting. <laughs> that is true. That is me true. And, me and uh, me and Jinx. Me and Alaska. Me and Violet. Uh, I met Alaska. We did a um cooking show together. Yeah, we had it out. Me and Alaska. We're friends now. <laughs> Wait, we did a cooking show together, and my dude at the time was on the show with me, mm-hmm. and I didn't know like who was gonna be on the show. Uh-huh. And he was like a nigga from like a neck neck yeah. from mm-hmm. Detroit. Got it. And so then Alaska came <laughs> and I was like, okay, so do you still want to do the show? Because I, you know, I just like this is a conversation we'll have later, but like, are you like, and he was like, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. And so we did the show. No problem. Like he's not being transphobic. Like, and we were still new at the time. So like, I, this is, this would have been me finding out like, are you transphobic? Are you drag phobic? Are you homophobic? Like, mm-hmm. are you phobic phobic? Yeah. And the only thing he said when we left was he was like, man, like her feet big as shit. <laughs> you know what he was thinking about. You know what he was thinking about. You know exactly what he was thinking about. It, let me right now. If you look at someone's feet, if you look at someone with a penis's feet, and you're like, "Damn, I got some." She had on flip flops. He was like, "Her feet big as shit." Yeah, you just described. Like, yeah, now I know it's Alaska. That bitch will wear flats if it's the last fucking thing she does. She will wear. <laughs> she will wear some flats so fucking gig. But yeah, I mean, so I tend to be a little bit more confrontational. Monet is really easygoing. I, I don't know how she's so easy. I don't get it. I don't get someone who just like lets things run off their back. I am like, no, god damn it. So what sign are you? I'm a, I'm a cancer. Oh my god, Amanda's a cancer. Baby, that's because we're cancer. Cancers. Cancers get That's why. Cancers get buck wild. Oh, get the fuck out of here. You're just gonna say shit to me? Fuck that. That's why earlier when you were like, I love a clapback, I'm like, yes. People are like, you shouldn't give them your energy. I'm like, fuck that. They need this fucking energy. Who the fuck do they think I am Monet, talking to me like this? This is literally what I said. Some of all they want is attention. Well, you know what? Some people deserve to get exactly, exactly. what they want. Yeah. And I'm about to yeah. give you attention to the energy in here. I am going I'm like, to. I'm like, yeah. Kennedy, cancel my plans for the day. Exactly. I got time today. I got time today. Yes. I'm just a little Pisces. I'm just a little Pisces swimming up the street. Yeah. Oh, but Pisces, y'all on some weird shit too. My man is a Pisces, and y'all are y'all yes. y'all the way y'all process it. You're like, oh, that hurt my feelings. You'll see. Yes, yes, that is that is me. Oh my god, I listen. Feel so I, mean. I don't know about the zodiacs, but I do know that Monet be on some weird shit. So you, yes. you nailed that. Honey. You'll see. Strategy. Y'all be on some strategy. Monet came you, to my house and stole a plaque out of my house. <laughs> Okay, Amanda, let me tell you the story about that. So one day we're at, we were recording some rivalry at my house, and Bob was like, Monet, I bet you I can steal something from your house. I was like, please don't do that. He was like, Monet, I think I can just one day, I can just steal the Roomba from your house. I was like, don't steal the Roomba from my house. Cut to his boyfriend, him and his boyfriend tried several times to steal my Roomba from my house. And I was like, <laughs> this is crazy. Do not steal. So then fast forward to, I was at his house recording a podcast. And then, um, so... Another side of the story, we have a YouTube channel, Sipping Rivalry, and it, we got a plaque for getting over 100,000 subscribers, right? Bob took yeah. it upon himself to, apparently he's the holder of the plaque. I didn't get any say <laughs> in this plaque. This plaque, I never, I, it's just, I, I just don't get any say. So I was like, bet. That is not true. I was like, word, bet, I got you. So that night, I went into the living room, I stuffed it in the back of my shorts, and I crept out the house, and I took the plaque that that is 50% mine. So I didn't steal. It's mine. Also, also go downstairs and check your Roomba. You, Honey. You, my, you have not been here. Did you just see my Roomba? It's 944. Do you know where your Roomba is? <laughs> <laughs>
the script. We have a segment on the show where we ask our guests to give our audience some like supplementary materials to help them, you know, just really dive into the topic that we're discussing. So here we are, we're discussing drag. So are there any movies? Are there any uh, YouTube channels? Are there any books, et cetera, et cetera, that you feel like they need to take a look at, to immerse themselves in to really get down with the kiki? Required viewing. Should we go one by one, Monet? Yes. I'll go. Okay. Re- required viewing. I'm going to start back. You have to watch. Tu Wong Fu. For sure. You absolutely must, must, must watch Tu Wong Fu. What's, what's your next recommendation? My recommendation would be Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. You have to watch. Uh, yes, I have you seen have Priscilla. You have to yep, see Priscilla. Yep. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is a very important movie. And again, now, now Tu Wong Fu, you have to realize what is so these are drag queens and drag queens do not necessarily operate that way we're not in drag from the time we wake up until the time we go to bed (laughs) that is not a real depiction of drag but you do understand a lot of fundamentals of what drag is and the glam and uh and how you know how fierce it is now uh you're gonna have to watch uh if not all of it at least no all of season five of rupaul's drag race this is a great particularly season five season season. five is a brilliant so i am starting rupaul's drag race i've watched like i've watched episodes here and there but i feel like i need to do like a full like dedicated binge Mm -hmm. where am i where do i need to start am i starting from the top where do i need to start if you're really 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 gonna start start starting season four Season four is a fucking great season. Mm-hmm. It's so okay. good. Um, five is also great. Five, six, and seven are all well. Five and six, five, four, five, and six are all are really, really good. really good seasons. And then Bob was season eight. I was season ten, and also All Stars four. I think those are the ones you used to watch. So four, five, six, eight, ten, and All Stars four. All right, you heard it here first, y'all. Yeah. You heard it here. And then I'm also going to tell you to watch uh, season one of We're Here, which is my <laughs> show on HBO. <laughs> yeah. Season two comes out October 11th. <laughs> I have a massive billboard. I saw my, like, I mean, I've been on a couple of billboards before, but honestly, for me, it is still really special. Like, it is. Every fucking time. It is. Yes. Like, I don't know if people ever, like, get used to it, but bitch, when I'm driving no. and I see this, ma- I'm like, this is. You're like, what the fuck? I'm huge. <laughs> what? I'm going to be on 9,000 sunset on november 1st that Baby. huge building 9,000 yes. sunset i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be there i'm like this is cool. they're giving you the 9,000 sunset spot yes Baby. i will say last time when i saw it i remember walking away like yo his feet are big <laughs> <laughs> damn that, man, that was a great callback <laughs> crown it honey crown it crown it <laughs> That was, I can't even, I can't even, that was amazing. That was amazing. The last dose. You all are such a treat. <laughs> I genuinely hope there is a world in which we get to do a show together where we do this all the Absolutely. time. Because I will show up on time every time. Same. Absolutely. Uh, folks, please make sure to check out Bob Monet's podcast, Sibling Rivalry, also their YouTube Sibling Rivalry, and your Patreon, where can they get that? Where can you can they go to siblingrivalrypodcast.com slash support. That is siblingrivalrypodcast.com slash support. Yeah. So we hope we taught some, taught y'all some things. We hope we give you some laughs. Uh, I definitely learned a thing or two or three or four as <laughs> usual because you guys, you guys are also doing your own version of edutainment all the time by just being yourselves and giving us the tea and also the key. So love you. Love you so love much, you too. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> a podcast network.